Welcome to another edition of First Word from First Church. This is Pastor Dave Buchanan at the First Church in Sutton. Please enjoy the message and may God bless you richly through it. Thank you for joining us for this third Wednesday of Lent meditation at First Church. We're glad you joined us and pray that you are having a meaningful reflection during this season of preparation for the remembrances of Holy Week and the celebrations to come on Easter Sunday. We begin this week with Psalm 130. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption, and he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Our scripture reading this week is from the Gospel according to John at the end of the seventh chapter and the beginning of the eleventh. They went each to his own house, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning he came again to the temple. All the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery, and placing her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? This they said to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. Lord, we ask your blessing on the reading and the hearing of your holy word. Amen. Now we've got Jesus teaching the crowds in the temple. And the scribes who, who wrote the fine details of how to obey the law of Moses and the Pharisees who committed with an oath to spend their lives living according to those very laws came like the modern-day Sharia police in some countries. And they, sadly, like many who, who enforce keeping of the law, become the enforcers of the negative. 
They don't come with a sense of grace or mercy or, or redemptive love. They've forgotten that in their zeal for the obedience to the law. So they come seeking the penalties for adultery. And in Judaism of the day, the three deadly sins were idolatry, murder, and adultery. And there were various forms of death prescribed in the law. And for a woman who was betrothed, that is engaged, but then strayed outside that relationship, the penalty was to be stoned to death. Now, it's an interesting note here that there was penalty for both parties, and if they actually caught this woman in the act, then they should have known who the partner was in the sin as well. But they bring the woman, maybe to make it harder. Maybe they were chauvinists, we don't know to this day, but it's telling that they brought the woman to be charged, to be condemned. Now, this is a double trap for Jesus because they bring someone for judgment to a rabbi. The rabbi is supposed to know to apply the law of Moses and the, the Mishnah that, that then interprets that into fine detail. Now, if Jesus gives mercy, if he lets her off the hook, he doesn't uphold the law of Moses. That would be then a, a condemnation against him and and they could take away his credibility as a rabbi with the crowds by saying, see, this man does not believe in the law of Moses. If he upholds the letter of the law, he loses credibility then as a teacher of love to those who need love the most. And that's what he's been teaching, this love to those who, who are at the margins of their religious community or their society. So they can take his credibility away either as a, a rabbi of the law of Moses or a teacher of love. Now the other piece of the trap here is Mosaic law, as I've said, called for the death of this woman. But only the Romans under the empire held the power of the death penalty. The Sanhedrin had had it taken from them. So by their trap, not only is it a trap for his credibility, but he is stuck with breaking either the law of Moses or the law of Rome. So they think they've got Jesus cornered. So Jesus writes in the dust, as though not hearing, makes them repeat the request, makes them demonstrate their, their I guess, bloodlust. But he writes in the dust with a strange word in Greek, they used the verb katagraphane instead of graphane. Graphane would simply mean to scribble. Katagraphane was used to indicate registering something in an official record. So it would be registration of deeds or registration of someone's history. He's writing a record. Is he writing a record of the sins of the accusers, perhaps? So that as they see what he's writing in the dust, they realize that they are going to be convicted. Because Jesus writes in the dust, and they bug him again and bug him again, and he says, okay. Those among you without sin pick up the first stone. 
the oldest seem to realize first perhaps the the record that Jesus is writing might logically for an older person, especially a, a Pharisee who has sought to live the law and sees listed there how he's failed to do that because the law of Moses was so exacting that one had to seek forgiveness because as try as you might, it would be hard to live to every detail. So first the oldest say, um, I'm not going to stand around to have that record read out loud. Then the youngest realize, as their names come up, maybe we'd better get out of here too. Jesus looks up and only the woman is left. And it sounds harsh when he says woman, but in Greek of the day, that's like saying miss or lady to her. It's a term of respect. He addresses her with with a term with one might say miss or missus or ma'am. Has no one stayed to condemn you? No one, sir. Then go in peace. But he doesn't say, uh, all's well and good, no harm, no foul. Ah, nobody really got hurt like we might do with a modern case of granting mercy. He says, no, go in peace. But from now on, do not sin. In other words, receive the mercy that God has for you. But don't require it again, at least not that way. Lady, please, sin no more. What a stark reminder that God sent his son into the world not to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. This woman was saved. Saved from the law of Moses. Saved from being evicted from family at best, even if the Sanhedrin couldn't inflict the death penalty, they certainly could throw her out of community, out of family, out of relationship. We don't know what the relationships were. Jesus restores her. Restores her to family, to relationship, to community. Most of all, restores her to love. And then says, now, do your best to live, to be worthy of the mercy that God has shown. She didn't have to be worthy to receive it. He asks that in grateful response, when we have received the mercy of God, when we are forgiven for our sins, when he chooses not to bear in mind what we've done against him, then we are called by Christ to live a life that shows in our best efforts at obedience and continuing to seek that grace and mercy to live as those worthy of the mercy and love that God sends us in Jesus Christ. A beautiful story. They picked a harsh topic, I think, deliberately to attempt to trap Jesus. They can't trap Jesus. And in turn, he frees the woman from their trap. Accept the freedom Accept the mercy and grace that God gives to free us from our traps of sin. And during Lent, may this be a time of reflection, identification of the traps we're in, and acceptance of 
Jesus loosing us from the traps and granting us the grace and mercy to say, go and sin no more. Thanks be to God for his word told in law, told in song, but especially when told in story. Amen. May this Lenten season bring you peace in the assurance of the forgiveness that is given us by the grace and mercy of God through the life, ministry, death of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for having joined us for First Word from First Church. We pray that God has blessed you in some way, in his way, through the message that we have just shared with you. Please join us again. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance over you and give you peace. Amen and amen.